Hello everyone, thank you so much for clicking on yet another episode of Pages from My Notebook, a True to Life podcast. My name is Erica, I'm your host, and I'm bald! (laughs) Not literally, but in my standards, I am. I couldn't take it anymore, and at like 11 o'clock at night, I shaved my head. Not on a whim, I've been planning it for a while. I'm not gonna do it, girl, I'm just thinking about it, I'm not gonna do it. But I did it. (laughs) I did it and I just wanted to talk about my process and what I'm feeling and what it's sort of unlocked for me thinking about identity and beauty and all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in hearing about why I decided to go bald, quote unquote, (laughs) keep on listening. So I'm going to start backwards with this episode because if I started with my natural hair history, it would be really long. So... (laughs) I'm going to begin with what I call the tipping point, which is that I was fed up with my hair. Not even fed up. I was just indifferent. And indifference is worse than than hate because with my hair, I used to be so proud of it and love doing it and trying out all these different styles and everything. But now, lately, I have been protective styling for like eight or nine months straight. I was not wearing my hair out. I wasn't deep conditioning or detangling correctly or wearing my bonnet when I was and even with the protective styles and I've just become the most laziest natural ever and my hair showed it yes it's a two-way street I take care of my hair and I just wasn't I didn't have the energy I didn't really care about it anymore it seemed like none of the styles I was doing were sticking or looking good My lengths are all over the place. My edges were piecing out, going on vacation. (laughs) And that's just been a history with my hair. It's hereditary for us to have thinning edges. And my hair has always grown longer and faster on the sides than the rest of my head, which creates a really odd shape. And then I got a haircut to fix it, but then that sort of grew out weird and I tried to fix it myself, but it still didn't remedy the situation. And there are so many different mixes of textures and densities of my hair so it just makes for a really complicated styling experience not really but for someone who doesn't really want to handle it in the first place (laughs) it becomes more of a chore than it does an accessory to me and my life and protective styling I do them all myself which saves money compared to going get my hair braided by somebody who charges three hundred dollars But also trying things and sometimes not liking how they look and putting in hours of work to figure out how to braid, blow dry, detangle, all of that to put it in, it just becomes more of a cost than I really wanted to put in. And I wasn't really liking the way I looked. I had cycled through every version of braids, twists, wigs, curly hair, straightish hair, locks, anything I wanted to do, I did. I did blue hair, I did blonde hair, I did whatever, and just nothing was making me excited anymore. I used to be excited to try new hairstyles and to do my hair and look a different way, but everything, it just wasn't giving what they were supposed to give. I don't know what was going on, but it just became too much of a hassle even doing protective styles that were supposed to help. Sometimes if they were too long, it would be annoying to put it up all the time. It's just, I just couldn't win with my hair, whether it was out, whether it was protected I just wasn't doing it for me and so all of that led me and some free time (laughs) and you know Pinterest YouTube all of that it just hyped me up and told me I should take the plunge 
And so I did. I recorded myself cutting my hair, shaving my head, just for, I don't know, whatever reason. I looked really busted in that video, so that won't see the internet or the light of day. But just to remember how I was feeling in that moment. And currently, I love my hair. I think it feels really cool. That's what I've wanted. I've watched so many videos of big chops and new wash and go routines and growth updates and all of these things. So I'm really excited to start my hair journey, not over again, because I've been natural since I was 13 and I have no interest in changing my texture chemically, whether that's through color or relaxer. So I'm just excited to grow my hair evenly, see how it grows in, learn more about the textures, porosity, scalp health, all of that, and just be a better natural who takes more care of her hair and more pride in it because like I said, I was just indifferent to my hair. It was just there. Feels like it's been the same length forever, even though it technically hasn't, but I've just been so used to it and I needed a change beyond what I could do. So that's why I shaved my head. No regrets. Even if I did, I couldn't undo it, but then the magic of weave. So I really could. <laughs> so there's no way that I can't win with doing this. But I wanted to talk a little bit about my history and my journey with natural hair and how that's influenced how I feel about my hair today and along with why I cut my hair off. So to try and make a really long story shorter because I think I wanna do an entire episode on my natural hair journey itself, but as a child, I was natural. My mom did my hair to the best of her ability. Then when we got old enough, it was relaxer, creamy crack city. <laughs> I also have very negative opinions and feelings about relaxer, but I'm going to keep them to myself, even though this is my platform to share. But it's not the time or the place because this is about positivity and that stuff just does not bring about that emotion for me. But that was my life for, I can't even remember how many years, but then when I was 13, it was left on a little bit too long, burnt a hole, not a hole, but like <laughs> the side and back of my hair, which led to me having to cut it off. And then from there, I started to really learn about natural hair care. And this was 2013. So the natural hair movement was really getting off the ground and you saw it everywhere. Everyone going natural, everyone big chopping, everyone talking about LLC, everyone doing twist outs. And it was really a cool time, especially for me as such a young girl learning about hair and all of the different things you can learn about. I think like beauty, the science behind it is so fascinating, like how some hair reacts to certain things, what ingredients do which type of treatment for your hair. I just think that's all so cool. And I, I'm about that for a lot of different stuff. But I thought that it was a really fun thing. You know, I was tired of having scabs on my scalp and being sore and not being able to do this with my hair. And I also just didn't like straight hair on me, my own straight hair. It just always seemed the same length and it was always bumped at the ends. Every black girl <laughs> knows the struggle where you want it bone straight like the models and they're like, ah, I'm gonna just bump it. And then it, you turn into James Brown. <laughs> so that was my life up until that point. And I was ready to try something new. I was tired of being in pain and being ridiculed for how my hair grew out of my scalp and how I reacted to hair care that was less than gentle. And I think taking control of the health of my hair and the look had two different impacts, but 
there is so much I could talk about <laughs> with going natural, my history, but I think one of the main things that has kept me going as a natural and doing my own hair, not doing learning how to do my own trims, not going to other people to do my braids, learning all these different things is because most of the ridicule I'm going to use for lack of a better term came from my black female hairstylists. And for me, the salon was a place where I was doing something wrong. I was not living up to the standard of what a good client should be, not even just in the way I reacted to their handling and their techniques, but it's that I was tender-headed because my scalp would hurt if you start combing 4C hair from the root and not the ends, if you don't take your time, if you're not used to texture that is, you know, as thick as it can be growing from a human. I remember so vividly having a stylist like pretend to be so exhausted from combing my hair because it was so thick and it's like we praise black women for having long straight hair but when it's in its natural form it's too much and it's too hard to deal with see that's a whole another episode so I'm gonna pause it right there but I was watching a video a big chop video from T Noir who is I believe she started on TikTok and now she makes YouTube videos like commentary she's really great but in her big chop video I believe she's the one that said this but she said that hair salons are black girls' first experience with pain. And that's where we're praised for how much we endure that pain. And that was mind blowing to me because it's so true. If you're the perfect client that sits still, you don't move your head the wrong way, you follow all the instructions, you don't get a neck cramp having your hair washed, you're not quote unquote tender headed, you don't object to the hairstylist administrations or their ideas you are the model black girl client you are praised for having a headache for three days because your sewing is too tight or because your relaxer burned your scalp and i think that's also why going natural was so important to me because i was tired of that cycle of pain being associated with my hair both when i was conforming to chemical treatments and rejecting of my texture and then also going to stylists who were supposed to be trained in dealing with my hair in its natural state and treated it like it was a problem or lesser than and by proxy me because it was always don't do this don't move here why are you crying it doesn't hurt that bad like it's a constant demeaning of my feelings and opinions as a person and that's an issue that has popped up a lot in my life and that's why I have <laughs> problems with being a people pleaser and not sticking up for myself because in so many different situations I've been told that what I'm feeling is wrong and I shouldn't feel that way and that that's bad. Child, not me getting riled up <laughs> and not trying to cry because that's another thing that was weaponized against me is my own emotions and reactions to people's actions and words towards me that hurt my feelings, but my feelings weren't supposed to be hurt because that's not what good people do. Um, that's a whole child, <laughs> that's a whole nother can of worms, Pandora's box. So we move forward past my big chop where I had to cut off my hair that was relaxed and damaged and start to grow it over. I went through so much, but the most pressing, not pressing, 
I guess relevant thing for this episode is that my hair became my identity. So 13 entering middle school with natural hair being a fat black girl, sis, it was not easy. (laughs) Every black girl who has 4C hair and was chubby and lived those things simultaneously in middle school were braver than the Marines. I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to die on that hill because the experience, sis, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you probably contributed to it. And that's something (laughs) that you need to unpack. But I became Erica with the Afro. Everything that had an Afro was automatically me. I was always singing. People were singing Negro spirituals at me and calling me Angela Davis and militant and asking me, oh, what does your hair mean? Are you making a statement? Why does it look like this? Why are you trying this style? And it's so intertwined with becoming who you are, especially as a girl, a young girl during puberty, figuring out something that's so not complicated as hair, but it can be learning about it. And, you know, with beauty standards, trying to push that this hair is what it should look like. And when yours doesn't match that and trying to figure out who you are as a person, but especially with hair, having to experience and live that so publicly because hair is something that everybody can see. So there's no way for you to fail quietly. You have, you are automatically being seen trying. And at a time where people are so (laughs) rude (laughs) and mean people, your own age, but also adults in your life, that's another layer of stuff because people in my own family around me questioning, why does your hair look like that? What are you going to do with it? Are you done with like, So many different opinions and comments really about my hair really contributed to me not liking it for a period of time or me thinking that all the things I was trying weren't working and that I should just give up and go back. And again, I'm going to do a whole different episode about that because I could sit here for hours (laughs) about my journey with natural hair in middle school and identity specifically. But as an adult and being able to reclaim that identity and that experience with growing my natural hair, I think is a journey that I'm ready for. So with that background of my history with hair and my reasons for cutting it off in the physical sense, I wanted to talk more about how not this identity crisis, but this identity epiphany has hit me and that when I looked in the mirror, as I was shaving my head, I all this stuff started coming up and coming back and I felt like I was revealing part of myself, as dramatic as that sounds. <laughs> I don't know if I fully have the words to describe it and I just did this two days ago, so there's no reason or need for me to have all the answers figured out right now. But as I was shaving my head and looking in the mirror, I saw my grandmother I saw my mom, I saw my aunts, and it was like, wow, I am really the product of so many amazing people, but more specifically, so many amazing women. All of their genes have compounded to make me the person standing here, but more so the hair that's growing out of my head. And to see so many women that I love and that have influenced me in me, And coupled with the action of me removing this part of myself that had been 
so influenced by other people's opinions, but was also supposed to be a reflection of who I am naturally. I'm getting like teary eyed thinking about it because that was such a powerful thing. And I felt so connected to, I don't know, my family, my bloodline, just being a black woman. It was just an emotion that I hadn't felt or I can't even really describe it, but it was seeing every woman that means so much to me and has is literally me. I have their blood and I'm revealing all of these things just by cutting my hair off. That's power. And that's a power that I'm really trying to harness in this stage of my life where I feel like there's so many ups and there's so many downs and the downs are really down and the ups are they're up and they're stuck. <laughs> and sitting here thinking about it, I think I realized that in this time where I feel so tumultuous and trying to rediscover myself and discovering new things about myself, seeing all those women reflected in me is reminding me that this has all been done before and that I'm not doing it alone. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I don't have to forge the path. All of those women are in front of me, next to me, helping me along the way. And by taking back my hair, by taking back the attachments to length and curl pattern and all of these things, by redefining that and learning how the thing that grows from my scalp, that is powered by the blood from the women who make me, that is where I find myself. That's where I reconnect to the person that I'm meant to be. And also them telling me that I'm not alone is giving me the power to redefine how I wanna walk the path. I don't have to do it exactly like them. I don't have to wear my hair that way. I don't have to do the same things. I don't have to think the same way about what grows out of my head. Yes, I'm made of them, but my body is my own. And in other health journeys that I've been going on, learning how my body reacts to different foods and medicines and different things, literally connecting with my life source and how I live and fuel myself, it's a whole, like I feel like I'm kind of like crazy or dramatic, but it's sort of revolutionary, honestly. To really realize that I am alive and I am powering myself and I am made up of so many different things and people and environments and atmospheres and influences, but yet I still have control over whatever I do and what I produce. Like, that's such a cool push and pull juxtaposition that we all have. And I think hair is so, like I said before, it's so outward, it's so public and physical and visceral that taking control of it and doing something that's not common for women to do is such a bold statement. And it sort of, I guess, shocked me and hit me that the weight of what I'm doing is more than just hair. And that's just how it is for me. Hair can be just hair for you and you can shave your head whenever you want to have it not mean jack shit. But for me <laughs> and the journey I've gone through and being a black woman and seeing so many other black women and girls especially go through so much regarding hair and we still do it means more it does it means more personally to me because of what I've gone through and standing in my bathroom taking scissors to my hair and then 
turning on a pair of clippers and actually using it on my head, that agency that I could <laughs> spend my money to buy these objects, to then do this to my hair, to my body, and getting rid of my hair, something that people have assigned to me as a trait, have looked to me for that to tell them something about me, the agency in deciding to get rid of it, just cut it off and not ask for permission or feel like I, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself because for a second I was nervous. I was like, what if I look weird without hair, which is a legitimate concern because I do have a big head, but upon cutting it off, it's actually a cute shape. It's still really big. And I tried putting a baseball cap on and I'm not sure if it fit right because I'm not used to having small head privilege, but that's a sidetrack. <laughs> but the agency and the action and the ownership of being able to decide what I want to do with my body, regardless of what other people are going to think about it, is insane. And it was so like unhinged. I was like, I feel like Britney Spears. And people attribute shaving your head to something going wrong. Oh, you got broken up with. Oh, you lost your job. Oh, you're going crazy. And we relate to, to hair because when we get rid of something that is a safety blanket that tells people in society how they should treat us or how we want to represent ourselves and when we get rid of it in a way that's not assigned to our gender or our race or whatever it brings about so many opinions and think pieces and all this kind of stuff but it's all just noise from other people and for a second I did feel like should I do this should I just keep you know with my same hair routine and then as I did the first snip I released all of that I released the shame I felt for being too tender-headed I released the shame I felt for being called nappy for being shamed for having thick hair that so many people pay so much money to try and grow or buy from somebody else I released all of the guilt of not being able to have long hair releasing the guilt of not liking to wear my hair straight releasing the guilt of not conforming to what would be easier, which is chemically straightening my hair. As I cut off my hair and then shaved my head, I, I released all of it. At this time, I feel like I'm doing so many things for my, I guess, inner child or past self. I don't know, I think about, I think about little me and how she felt and how out of body in her body she felt compared to her peers and what people said and trying to figure things out and learn and have that not be received all the time with open arms. And if she could see me doing this, she would probably be like, what are you doing? But I think if she knew how powerful it was, she would be so proud of me. And that's what I try to do everything I do is make my younger self proud, do the things that she couldn't do or didn't know that she needed or did know that she needed maybe from other people or just what she didn't have the confidence to do. And I, and then as I got in the shower and I washed my hair and I felt, <laughs> I felt, I felt new. I felt not even new. I felt me. I released the 
the struggle I had associated with my hair. I released the pain, the insecurity, the tired arms, the <laughs> the unevenness, the whatever I didn't like about my hair. I released all of it. And I started over. And there's no point in your life where you can't start over or try something different. Something out of the box. Something people may not agree with. And I feel free. I... <laughs> I'm relearning myself and with that there's going to be some downs and a roller coaster ride of different levels of confidence but I still feel beautiful. I still feel worthy of love. I still am a good friend, a good coworker, a good student, a good sister, a good daughter, good whatever even though I don't look the same on the outside. And maybe I'm being dramatic to somebody who doesn't have that attachment to their hair or I don't know just can't relate to this experience or doesn't think about their natural hair the same way but in a society that places so much importance on hair and how you look in the beauty standard it's it makes sense that it creates such an emotional reaction and attachment in so many people and especially for me someone who's been taking care of it for so long and just needs a change. And now in this point in my life where I have independence and I can literally do whatever I want. I was just thinking I could hop on a flight tomorrow and, you know, me on the beach in Aruba and nobody could tell me anything about it. You know, there's nothing that I can't change or fix or experience in my life if I really want to. And so with this hair that I can run my fingers through and that I feel is so cute and is very soft at this current moment, I'm really excited to see where it'll be in a year and how I'll feel about it. Maybe I'll keep shaving my head. Maybe I'll put cool little designs in it, you know? <laughs> the possibilities are endless and that's the exciting part about it. I'm really excited to get to know me again. And maybe me and my hair will have a better relationship and I'll enjoy taking care of her and I'll have a renewed passion for how I look. Or maybe I'll take more risks. This is my opportunity to say, you know what? This is my time to try all this crazy stuff. And if it doesn't work, oh well, start over. And that's the beauty of adulthood and life is starting over, like I said. And you can't be afraid to try or be seen trying. And your hair forces you to be seen because you have to go out and live and do whatever. And this just came to me, but if you see black women with short hair or different textures, different colors, lengths, cuts, whatever, and if you don't care for it or think it doesn't look good, just keep that in the vault. Keep that behind closed doors because the only person that that's going to do anything for is you having your opinion, telling somebody that you don't like something about them, that they change themselves or like about themselves. It doesn't help. So what if you don't like it? It's not you. And hair is so important in learning how to say F it and just do what you want to do and try different things. And opinions are what steer people away from changing their lives in all different aspects. And I think the world would be a lot better place if sometimes we just minded our business. If we just thought negative thoughts and didn't say them. How about that? <laughs> As the great India Ari said, I am not my hair, I am not my skin, 
I am the soul that lives within. And that was a word. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hearing me talk about natural hair, what it means to me, why I decided to be bald head scallywag and live my best life this summer, not having to detangle for six hours. (laughs) I hope it made you think about how you present yourself to the world and how your identity can be changed, how you can be more authentically you and connect to the people that have shaped you, but also to the person that you are and that you're becoming, whether that's through hair or something else. That's up for you to decide. But as always, thank you for clicking on this episode. Share with a friend if you care. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And I hope to have you listening again soon. Bye. Pages from My Notebook, a true-to-life podcast, is a passion project by yours truly, Erica Barnes. Read episode descriptions and more at pagesfrommynotebookpod.com. Follow the pod on Instagram at pagesfrommynotebookpod and like the pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash pagesfrommynotebookpod. You can support the pod monthly via Anchor at anchor.fm slash erica-barnes slash support. I hope to have you listening again soon.